Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. This is episode 260. Glad you can join us. We got a full house today, so let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sarizel. I am Sarizel. Um, I'm a co-host here on the show. I used to play video games. I used to have a life. Now there is nothing but moving. So how many months until you think you're moved in, <laughs> in, in completion? I, I really need to be done with this by the end of June. So that's my hope. Well, the thing is you can move your stuff to a new location, but you aren't really moved in yet. Like that takes more time. Oh, I'm, I'm just talking about the part where I get like the old <laughs> house is empty or old houses because we're moving multiple people into, into a, you know, one larger location. So, um, and I'm doing like most of the work for everybody. So, um, it's, it's worse. I don't know. I, I'm failing to see the issue here. As they say in my line of work, that sounds like a you problem. I'm pretty sure I've moved 23 people uh, somewhere around uh, maybe like 3,000 miles in 36 hours. And, you know, and, and I would say we moved in, you know, like our entire household since we lived there for like six and a half months. Just throwing it out there. Oh my gosh. All right. Jay's just flexing on, on Zelts. That's no big deal. All right, Bate, you're up. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Bate. I am a genuine certified Florida man, and I am currently playing Eve in the background while I do the podcast. Ah, so if you go quiet, it's because you're you're blowing up. Uh, I sh- dude, if stuff is blowing up right now, then I have failed uh, doing security for this hauler. So oof. Oh, that makes it exciting. All right, Jay, you're Very. all right. Hey, what's up? My name is Jay. Uh, I I still try to play video games. I move continually throughout my entire adult life and most of my young life. Uh, I normally don't bitch about it. I generally look at the, these things as an adventure. Uh, I, I do firmly believe that, uh, as Robert De Niro says, if you can't walk out of the place where you stay in 10 seconds or less and leave nothing and feel okay with it, you're probably not living appropriately. Just just saying. I'm not trying to point anything out at anybody that may or may not be in this podcast that could or could not be in the greater Chicago area-ish that may be moving and, and bitching about it for the last 17 weeks straight on the podcast. I'm, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm just, I'm just, just saying, to, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here to help. You know, I'm, I'm a life coach. What can I say? <laughs> life coach. Such encouragement. <laughs> All right, Livy, you're up. Oh my God. Uh, I'm Livy. I'm really bad at intros and I'm tempted to play this game. During the podcast, I'm punishing myself for not catching up with those stories sooner. And I hope I never have to move for like, I don't know, 10 years. But Jay, we can make it out of here with me grabbing the kid and the cactus and we're good. That's all you really need. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> See, that's dedication. That's, that's, that's somebody that actually knows what's important. The cactus. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I am the cactus. Uh, I do. Uh, I do YouTube stuff. I do the podcast. And you, you are, uh, in fact, shaped like one. I, I am shaped like one. And I am I am a total prick. Um, oh. I'd to think of them as angry leaves, though, and not spikes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a positive, positive thinker. Uh, but yeah, so we have a show to do. Uh, so Bate, I think you actually brought this one up. And I'm, I'm going to admit that I am not exactly a, a purveyor of, of trading card games. I did like the Pokemans and, and, the, and the Yu-Gi-Oh's when I was like 10. Uh, but there was another game that's been around for like longer than I think I have been called Magic the Gathering. And apparently um, 
there's a Netflix show coming out about it. It's being directed by uh, lesser-known directors, the Russo brothers. Um, they might have done something that you you might have heard of called the Avengers and, and the you know whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, yeah, apparently they're doing a uh, a Magic the Gathering Netflix anime cartoon, something like that. What's going on with this page? Is it going to be the same people that made Godzilla? No, it's it's not the people that made that film we don't talk about trilogy of films we don't talk about i'm only asking because netflix really has like uh a love with that that animation style no i think this is like uh like a not shitty version of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't have like a trailer or anything like yet but uh, it looks it looks pretty cool a little screenshot they got going on here yeah, the the original place I seen it was in a uh, somebody linked it uh, on Twitter, um, and it, it's just that image. Um, so not not really sure, you know, what all it's going to look like. But you know, like we said earlier, the the Russo brothers are doing it, um, so that'll actually be interesting. Um, yeah, so. Um, I don't know, man. Magic the Gathering is kind of—it kind of hit me out of nowhere. Like, there's a lot going on in that world, but at the same time, it's kind of hard, um, at least for me, to visualize. You know, like, I guess what's going on, if that makes sense. So it—it'll be nice to see, you know, how they interpret that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's always been something that I've—I've I've been aware of. Like, I remember. God, when I was living in Minnesota as a young kid, I think I was like in second grade and like there was like, you know, the older kids in the, on the block and I like was playing outside. They're playing Magic the Gathering in their garage. I mean, like, it's been around for a while now um, and I've never really gotten into it. I've just been aware of it um, just because it to, to penetrate that is, you know, to play the game. And I just don't really have the time or drive to play a trading card game or read up in the lore of what's going on. But it always seemed kind of interesting and this would be kind of a neat way to kind of usher people into the world of Magic the Gathering in a way that's, you know, a lot more approachable. Because, I mean, like, we've seen a lot of good success with with Netflix series like the, you know, I, I had never played Castlevania before, but they had the Castlevania anime. And that was absolutely fantastic. Um, so th- this is, you know, I think promising, I think, especially with the directors. And, you know, Netflix has put together some really good stuff um, with creators in the past. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked for this. Like I said, I know nothing about it. I'm not even, like, aware of what the basic concept is. But I just know that it's something people are very passionate about. And it would be cool to kind of be able to watch this and, and get an idea of, you know, what the hell it's all about, you know? Yeah, for sure. And uh, the company that owns uh, the, the property of, of Magic the Gathering, Wizards of the Coast, um, are pretty involved from what I've heard and what I've read. Um, so hopefully, you know, a lot of their writers and their um, their art people get in on this and, and help. I, I think they would do nothing but but benefit the uh, the anime, you know, greatly. So I, I think, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with. Uh... Uh, with Magic the Gathering, uh, that was a that was kind of hitting big when I was in college, I think. And uh, you know, it was a it was a pretty easy thing to pick up. But that that was really one of the I don't know if that was one of the first uh, like trading card games, certainly. But I think that was you know maybe one of the ones that actually made like the first significant splash. I, I Pokemon actually may in fact predate it technically, but I, I just 
I don't really remember anybody really hitting it up uh, before Magic the Gathering. I do, uh, I, I do see the the kind of the particularly if you look at how long this thing's been around. There's a surprisingly deep sort of story uh, lore and sort of like uh, uh, you know world building activity that they've gone on throughout these uh, uh, the different updates over the years that they've done the numerous numerous different updates they've gone over over the years with this game. Um, so I can totally see that there's a lot of fertile ground for some neat characters and neat situations and stuff like that. Um, I, you know, like any, like many things, it, it would kind of, I think anime, I, I don't, I've never really associated that art style with it specifically, mostly, mostly because, and I think bait just hit on this a minute ago. There's like some really, really iconic, uh, like fantasy prints and, uh, pictures, and images that have come out of like the Wizards of the Coast, uh, specifically in relation to Magic the Gathering, that and none of them are remotely anime style. So it's kind of I'm interested to see how they bridge those visual styles because most of your most of what you associate mentally with this game is you see these cards and and that actually helps the visualization of the game is how vivid many of the pictures are and how iconic some of these pictures are. And, and that's that's one of the things I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm not going to say worried about, but I'm, I'm a little skeptical about like how that'll translate because they have these really neat kind of snapshot imageries. And there'll be this really brief bullet of flavor text on there. It's often pretty intriguing. Um, and they have had a, a relatively successful set of um, like novel tie ins and short story tie ins uh, over the years that, that have gone back. And there's any number of different like multiverse style worlds that they've built that they're all very much interconnected um, in some way. It's, but it's definitely wheel of time sort of approach of, you know, thousands of worlds and uh, you know, all across the, you know, these weaving timelines and stuff. Um, so I, I am kind of interested in this just because it, it was fascinating to me uh, back in the day. And I did read some of the books and I definitely enjoyed it for several years. So I just kind of walked away from it. Um, so I, I, th- I I think this would be interesting. I, th- I think this this should be probably worth at least a checkout. But I'm, like I said, a little hesitant to see how this is going to work with my visual images of some of those iconic cards uh, and and sort of champions that you had in the, in the trading card game versus what I'm going to see on the screen. Um, hey, Bate, when did you say this was coming out? By the way, I, I'm sorry. I don't think that there has been anything official. Um, if I had to guess probably sometime next year uh for sure okay yeah that's fair enough and to touch back uh magic predates uh pokemon trading card game by like three years so magic was 93 and i think pokemon was like 96 97 okay yeah no that that makes sense yeah for sure um yeah i'm i'm gonna try it uh when it comes out but you know there are there, there's a couple of things just thinking through my mind just because I am, you know, somewhat familiar with it. Like, oh, how is this going to work? And I, I think the biggest stick up for me is like, how are they going to explain like land and, and mana and shit like that? I don't know how they did it in the books, but I'd, I'd be curious to see, you know, what they do for that. Um, yeah, They actually, it's some of it is very much left up to your, uh, you know, to your imagination of it, but they usually have a, it's just more of a, you know, like your your mana cards were sort of, I think, symbolic of a connection to or how deep your connection was at any given time to that. It was also pretty common that you'd have references to uh, they would have like 
tokens or you know satchels of, of land or vials of air vials of water stuff like that that would sort of like kind of symbolize like how like almost how many mana cards they had but or like how much how much they had at their disposal at one point uh so it it was it's it's actually not that big of a deal when you when you think about it uh in most other sort of like spell casting you know tabletop games and things like that it's no different than like chi you know mana skill you know spell casting power whatever you know it's 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 a simply a function of whatever your reservoir is at the time it's just that from a mechanical standpoint in the card game it was just a little bit of rng based on how your deck deck was built yeah sure for sure yeah okay i can get behind that then no i think it looks uh it looks it'll be an interesting to see how because sure is a, is a good point and how it's going to actually um visually turn out because I mean, all we have is this one one image which is of course not going to really give you a, a clear a clear look at what it's going to look like but uh no i'm, I'm still excited for it i want to see how it kind of turns out because i think it's cool to kind of bring these types of of you know, games and media and cards and stuff to, you know, something that's a little more approachable. I think it's good for, for, um, just kind of spreading, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, spreading kind of like that, that those worlds to other people in a more digestible form. I think it's pretty cool. So good to see, you know, Netflix investing in it and, and, you know, getting a lot of these fan bases a chance to see, you know, something they're very passionate about in, you know, a different format, which is pretty cool. Okay. So let's move along. Uh, Another thing that I, I truly know nothing about, but I know you brought it up, Bait. Um, what's going on with the most recent Call of Duty? I, I hear it's quite the buzz um, in the sphere right now. Yeah, so uh, as as is uh, expected, uh, there's going to be new Call of Duty this year. And the thing that, that kind of caught my eye with it um, was the fact that everybody was expecting... Uh, uh, uh another modern warfare game a fourth one um but that's not what they did for some reason infinity ward has decided to do a soft reboot of the uh of the modern warfare series um so this year's call of duty is going to be called just straight up modern warfare and there's a trailer for it on youtube and it looks absolutely spectacular and i know it's all that you know in-game footage or whatever that they put when they release a trailer and it's supposed to look all cinematic and whatnot but damn that game looks really really fun and i'm excited to see um this kind of i guess more modern for lack of a better word um kind of call of duty that that there it looks like they're shooting for um, so yeah, I mean, it's nothing too big other than it's not really what people expected and it's just going to be another Call of Duty game this year. Yeah, it looks, uh, I will say this, it looks really good. Yes. Uh, if in fact, if in fact those are, you know, in-game images I, and you always have to, I'm not saying you call that entirely into questions though they're, they're bullshitting you, but there's probably some other factors in terms of in-game on what kind of machine, you know, in an ice cold super super chilled room or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck, but it looks good. Um, a couple of keynotes here. Uh, I think what they're doing is if, if you kind of look at like the ebbs and flows of call of duty um, and, and for all the, the crap that, that, that the call of duty franchise and Activision gets, they fairly well drove and, and to some degree are still the handrail that a lot of uh, what we now know as first person shooters, like they really handrailed off, those Call of Duty games, um, all the way back to, to COD one back when they were like World War II and, and all that kind of good stuff. So, 
I think I think it's not something to sneeze at in terms of how they how they develop these things. And, and interestingly enough, I mean, a lot of people realize this, but you, you have three full studios that are working on these Call of Duty franchises, which is actually how they turn them out uh, at the at the, the consistency and polish level every year. Uh, it's it's not like one gigantic mega studio. It's literally three separate studios with, I believe, two or three other support studios that are in this rotation. And they've done a couple, there's a couple things going on in the background uh, that, that is kind of interesting to watch. So um, one team has, or if I'm, I don't remember how it breaks out, but like Treyarch, for example, is I think usually associated with more of the, the PVP aspects. Um, and you had another studio who's a little bit more of the campaign aspects and, and you had another one that's kind of zombie-ish. And then you had another one that did the actual, I think, uh, their version of, uh, a battle royale. I think it's called Blackout or something like that. So you had all these different variations going on, and it looks like they're starting to meld them into a game, not three separate offerings, so that they're having like a single game that goes out that they provide. So I would not call it games as a service activity, but it, it'll functionally look somewhat like that. But that's what it appears that they're doing. That they're lining these things up where they're taking the strengths of these different studios and actually aligning them into one game now with different add-ons that are coming into that game, which is kind of a neat thing. And if you look back over, like again, kind of the landscape of the Call of Duty franchise, Modern Warfare, uh, you know, the probably one and two, you could argue going up to like, uh, you know, Black Ops 1, that was kind of, I would say that was the golden age. That was the, the high watermark for Call of Duty. Uh, I, and that's just, that's a subjective assessment. That's not, you know, throwing rocks at anything. And and I would tell you that I like you know even though a lot of people didn't like it as it became more and more and more kind of sci sci-fi, I actually enjoyed those. I I thought Infinite Warfare was the campaign was really good, like phenomenal. Um, you know, the Advanced was, Warfare uh, was really good. Go ahead. I was really excited to play the one um, that was uh, very uh, like like a single player version of what I wanted to see the CCP universe do, where I sure. could, you know, jump in a fighter and then and, go and jump really out and good. shoot people with space guns. And I, I played like, I, 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 I didn't finish it. I call of duty single players aren't that long. So I, I probably did half of it, but that was cool. Actually, that was probably the first thing since like modern warfare three or modern warfare two, where I was actually kind of excited to get a call of duty title again, which I, I really had passed on for a number of years. No, that's a that's a great point. So the uh, so uh, another quick thing there is they highlighted the fact that there's a, a fairly significant campaign in this offering because they got away from that in this last one. They they didn't offer a campaign. They sort of went with the Overwatch Apex model of here's all my PvP and then dotted throughout the voice voiceovers and the you know the maps and stuff. You'll find like a little bit of out about a story ish line. But a lot of people tend to forget that. Uh, Call of Duty for a long time had a usually had a really baller campaign. Um, the was it not uh, not the one not in not Infinite War, but I think it was like Advanced War. That one was actually really good. That was a very deep, very significant campaign that they had in there, and they were quite good often. And, but the thing is, like Call of Duty, because you have these different sort of uh, audience bases that it that it tacks with. You have some people that literally never touch the campaign, only play the PvP. Some people only play the zombies, never touch the campaign or the other PvP, or some mixture thereof. Um, 
which is kind of interesting. Uh, to say that Call of Duty is a game, I think is very imprecise. I think it's really probably three and a half games that, you know, based on the pace that they roll out and update are live at any one time. They just kind of fall under the same banner. Uh, but yeah, I, I was actually pretty excited about that, that there's a, a fairly significant campaign in this one. Uh, and I think, Bate, I believe you mentioned, it is definitely a soft reboot because they're going way, way, way back in the, the quote-unquote timeline and bringing back a couple of the, the marquee characters from the Modern Warfare era as uh, folks that you interact with or maybe even play as um, in in this one, if, if, you know, like Captain Price and some, you know, some other guys like that, I think. Yeah, the way I understood it and the way that a couple of articles that did interviews with um, the head feller at um, Infinity Ward, whose name escapes me at this moment, um, was was saying that what what they're doing with this one is they're they're taking some of the characters that um, that you know were in the previous uh, Modern Warfare games and they're putting them into a a more modern context um so yeah so definitely gonna see um some characters that you know people have have come uh, become attached to um throughout the series uh life and then you know we'll see them um you know in the new game um in scenarios that um, I think one quote I or I, I saw was uh, scenarios that were quote ripped from the headlines, um, meaning that you know the uh, the missions may make you look and scratch your head and be like, I've seen something like this before, you know, in the real world, um, but it, it's not going to be like a one to one thing if that makes sense. So yeah, I'll be curious to see how they do that. But I'm excited. the The trailer looked really good, as we said. Um, so I think that's October 25th, um, which lines up with your quote unquote traditional qual- uh, Call of Duty uh, release window. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this. I, I will probably end up getting it just to, to kind of try it out. Um, like I said, I, I am I'm eager to see how well this runs on current gen console, though, based on what we saw like in the trailers. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I, I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago or was it two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago, I think um, there was that leak uh, from Sony where they were showing the Spider-Man game um on the on the ps4 pro oh yeah yeah, did you see that yeah i did did. yeah so i I, i'm wondering if what they're calling in-game footage is running on the next generation whether that be a ps4 or a a ps5 or a fucking xbox one two or whatever they want to call it that's a good point it it certainly could be uh or you know like i said or it could be pc and you can yeah, you know, I think that's what most of them do. They they run a pretty high end PC to you know kind of check through that stuff. But like yeah. you know, it's it's okay. I mean, like I'm I'm actually looking forward to this in a way that I haven't looked forward to a Call of Duty game in a while. You know, and usually I I like them just for the campaigns. Now I dig them, but this is uh, uh so we'll definitely have to try this one out this fall. I think. Yep, for sure. All right, good stuff, guys. Um, so let's move along. Uh, just some others. I know last week we talked a little bit, a little bit about E3, but there are a few new things that have kind of been popping up, and a few things I kind of forgot I wanted to mention. So I'm just going to kind of do that now. And if you guys want to 
hop in with some things that you wanted to speak about, just feel free. So one thing that did come out after the show that I think it was the next day. So Death Strandings, this is the game that's being made by Hideo Kojima, his first game after leaving Konami and, and getting his own studio under the, the Sony umbrella. Uh, if you've seen any of the trailers, you know that this whole thing is pretty much like an acid trip. Um, <laughs> like, like literally, like this is probably what people see when they're on acid. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a new trailer, and it's probably like eight minutes long, I think. It shows some more gameplay, but it is indeed still an acid trip. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it gives a, a little bit of insight into maybe what some of the gameplay looks like. But again, I'm still sticking to my theory that this game will probably come out um, and be fully released with absolutely zero or close to no explanation about what it actually is, what the gameplay is. Like, to put it in perspective, this game comes out November 8th this year. Like, we have a release date and no one has a clue what it's about. And I don't think we will. Um, I suspect we'll see probably more of it at E3. I forget if they said it's going to be playable or not, but you might get another trailer at E3 or something like that. But I really think they're just going to release this thing. Um, largely because knowing Kojima and the kind of work he likes to do, um, my guess is it's probably actually a big social experiment. Um, and this kind of goes back to something that they, they did in Metal Gear Solid 5 where... Um, there was like a mini game where you could play, not a mini game, but there's like a side game you could play where you would kind of competitively compete with people. Uh, and there was kind of this nuclear war sort of thing going on. It was this idea where you could like infiltrate their base and disable nuclear warheads. And, and there was a mechanic where you could disable your nukes willingly. The details aside, the whole thing was is that there was a cutscene that was made that in the off chance that the entire world, that every player in the pl- on the planet could choose to disarm 100% of their nukes and make the in-world, in-game world nuke-free, everyone would be rewarded with a special cutscene that would only play if you had total nuclear disarmament. Now, this has very little chance of ever actually happening, but it was kind of that social experiment of, if people know that this could happen, would they actually go and do it? Um, we've been told that this game has a lot to do with building connections between people and that there was there's going to be like a global like effect that everyone has to work together to kind of achieve and, and work together in, in a unique way to, to make this thing happen. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious if they're just going to kind of release this thing into the wild, no explanation, just kind of see how people interact with it and how they behave and, and figure out how their you know, actions affect one another and how they can work together. I think it could be really, really fucking cool. And I kind of hope they don't explain what this is because Kojima is like one of those people that like, you could probably get away with it, like releasing a game with effectively no real marketing, just random ass acid trip trailers, and people would still probably buy it. So I, I want to see this happen because I think it could be really, really cool. It could be total, you know, nonsense. It's a very good chance it's total nonsense, but it could be really cool. So I am looking forward to this, um, and uh, you know, I'll probably pick it up just to see, you know, what it is all about. But uh, there's a new trailer. It's pretty interesting. Um, it's got Mad Mads Mickelson in it. Like, seriously, the graphics in this game, the cutscenes at the very least, are absolutely gorgeous. Like, they've yeah, done they showed some... him. They showed him before he was dripping from the eyes. Yes, yes, you can see clean Mads, then you can see dirty Mads. Or after, who knows? Yeah, whatever you want. Um, but you can tell they've leaned very heavily into um, facial capture and, and, and 3D scanning. Like, these characters look absolutely 
incredibly realistic like it's it's really astonishing how good they look so i, I would check it out at the very least just for the the graphical novelty but did it you is... sorry go ahead no no i was just kind of curious if you uh, uh did you see that like the gameplay components like the actual like the a, a little bit gameplay yeah component? yeah yeah. i saw the whole thing it's i i was like wow that looks a lot like a metal gear solid, solid <laughs> game in terms of how the characters move and you know what you're trying looks like what you're trying to do yeah, I think that it's probably safe to say that it will be a stealth game or have heavy stealth components. I mean, Kojima kind of makes one type of game. You kind of know what you're going to get. Um, and they've commented that the character is supposed to be kind of, I don't want to say clumsy, but like a normal person. Like you're not like some super soldier that's going to like never trip or fall. Like he's he can stumble, he can kind of fall, you know. What you'd expect a normal person like crawling all over the world to do. Um so I, I expect the, the the movement and the combat to be kind of you know a little a little clunkier, a little more realistic in terms of of that, and then of course the stealth mechanics are going to be a, a big part of it, I think. But uh, yeah, no, it's it, it looks crazy, but I'm I'm intrigued at the very least. And like yeah, I said, this no, is coming out like cool. November eighth, so it's it's soon, which which know? is clearly the biggest surprise of all of that. That it's coming uh, out so soon. <laughs> Yeah, I would not. I would absolutely not have. Um, I would not have pegged that. I was solidly thinking it would have been like early 2020. You know, and in point in fact, it would not have. It really wouldn't surprise me if it was a next gen launch title. You would think, right? Because I mean, the way it looks is so good. Like PS4 is is great, but you know, it's it's got a certain polish to it that I'm just. I wasn't expecting, and I mean, I know that Sony had said that they have never seen this quality of game be produced so quickly um like they're just working very efficiently but still like like you said i was not expecting this year at all i figured it'd be you know q2 q3 next year something like that but uh we're getting it this year so we'll see and hopefully get some more information at uh e3 do we know how long he's been working on this game uh, a long time in his head a long time he started working on it immediately once he got to sony um which was two three years ago let me see okay yeah gotcha yeah that's not bad if it's just two or three years then damn dude because that game looks great okay yeah so there was a looks like playstation posted in december of 2015 that they are partnering with with him so yeah, you're looking a little over three years i guess um since he conceivably started working on it Okay, so moving along, uh, another thing that I I had forgotten about because it's just kind of been you know sizzling in the corner. So Square Enix, the company that makes Final Fantasy and and all the other crazy shit that I like to play, a long time ago, like like years and years ago, said they were working on an Avengers game, and I kind of forgot about it just because you know other shit was going on. Well, they announced this week, or maybe it was last week, that, hey, we're going to have the big reveal for the Avengers game at E3 this year, um, which is pretty exciting. Because, I mean, Square Enix, for the most part, puts together really solid games. Um, and I think that this is probably a really ideal time to kind of start pushing the marketing for that because, you know, the big hype from Endgame and all that. So I'm really intrigued in what the hell this is all about because they've released pretty much no details except kind of a you know, a little teaser trailer, but didn't show anything of substance. So I'm, I'm again, intrigued on what this is going to turn out to be. I'm, uh, I, I appreciate that this is, this sounds like a, um, more like, like my biggest concern is when you, when you've got your, you know, stereotypical movie tie-in game 
is that the goal is to launch it with the movie. And so I'm thrilled to hear that there's a movie tie-in game coming that isn't at all in sync with the release of the movie. That's great. That means they're actually I, going to produce a finished product. Well, I, I don't actually think this is a movie tie-in game, though. I think it's, I think it's you know, it's just a, it happens to be a Marvel a Marvel game. I mean, the 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 movie tie-in game is is a a loose term for like is it based on the MCU ver, ver, versions of the characters or is it you know completely generic like Avengers comic book take sort of thing? Uh, well, I mean, the by and large the uh, the MCU versions that is the most well known least visual and characterization representation that you have. That's that I would say the MCU has become effectively the modern comics rendition of many of those characters. Uh, just yeah, which is which is normal kind of business activity. It used to be the uh, the comic would drive the uh, you know the cartoon slash uh, movie or whatever. Now it's it's kind of reversed a little bit in that many of those characterizations are have definitely work their way back into uh, the mainstream comic lines for all those. But no, I, I get what you're saying. I just wanted to point out that like, it, it's not a, um, it's not like a uh, Avengers Endgame tie in uh, necessarily. What I wouldn't be surprised is to see that this would be like the launch point, the, like a soft launch point or something or other for the next phase of the MCU. Like if the next movie comes out and it's like, you look back and you play the game and you're like, Oh yeah, totally would have seen this coming. If I had to play the game, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Um, uh, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, and you know, if it is cool, whatever, then, um, but if not, then, you know, like pokey said, square does make pretty solid games for the most part, I'd say. So I, I am curious to see, um, how this turns out. What I kind of don't want, though, is I really don't want this to be like an Avengers Ultimate Alliance game, you know? Oh, you, you guys haven't seen... Uh, okay. Have you guys actually seen what this game's about yet? Uh, uh, no, I haven't. Not the details. Oh, right. oh, 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 okay. All right, I'm sorry. We need to, let's, let, me, let me back this up. Okay, if I were... I would say it... Uh, the first thing this reminded me of was that there's definitely some destiny going on in this game. And I don't say that lightly. I, it, it was heavily implied that you can uh, not just play as or modify, you know, kind of like you know, characterization and gear modify uh, known MCU or known Marvel characters rather, excuse me. Uh, but you can design your own hero or character and it is, this is I, this does not appear to be a on the rails sort of you know go mission to mission or fight through arena to arena kind of thing uh, like we've seen with other games. This appears to be a much more open ended open worlded game open world style game. It, yeah, I would say I, I would agree, Jay. That, that I got more of a multiplayer vibe from it than a story single player thing. Um, and kind of what you're describing makes me think a bit of like DC Universe Online, just not yeah, bad. That's, yeah, or the was it City of Superheroes, something like that. But uh, I think yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely like a strong story given architecture inside of it. But like I said, I've only seen like a little bit and read read a touch about it because uh, I was keenly interested when they started to announce it. So I'm very much looking. I'm now very much looking forward to what they say say about this. But 
it struck me that this was going to be um, has the potential to be a much more a uh, a much more I guess a very different style of game than most people would associate with previous Marvel titles outside of you know like I said something like uh, DCU Online. Um, and if they pull something like that out, if you can imagine they pull like a, uh, you know, a, um, you know, for lack of a better term, Destiny-ish style game, or probably more like an Assassin's Creed with multiplayer, like in, in a live world kind of thing. If they were able to do anything remotely like that, which I, I think that's like an objective thing, that may be me reading into it too much. That would be, that's baller. I mean, that's, that would be, that would be kind of a unique take on these things. Yeah, because I'm, I'm reading the, uh, I'm looking back now because I'm in the time machine here at the uh, YouTube announcement. And the description here says, Marvel Entertainment and Square Enix announced a multi-year, multi-game partnership leading with the reveal of the Avengers project. This newly established partnership pairs the creative minds at Marvel and Square Enix to one of the most powerful alliances in interactive entertainment. The Avengers project is designed for gamers worldwide and will be packed with all of the characters and environments and iconic moments that have thrilled longtime fans of the franchise featuring a completely original story. will introduce a universe gamers can play in for years to come. So yeah, that's, that's a gaming as a service model right there. That's going to be a, my guess, a multiplayer, you know, like destiny style, like you said, um, world where you're going to be probably playing the same character for, for several years in the multiplayer setting. That's, that's definitely the vibe I'm getting from that. So yeah, no, I mean that's like I said, that's that's you know interesting. I don't know if I'd pick up another MMO, um, just because I can only really do one at a time feasibly. But uh, yeah, no kidding. But it uh, it should still be pretty cool to see. Um, and I, I've forgotten this is actually um, in partnership with uh, how you pronounce it the the guys that do the um, the Dios X series. Um, God, what was their um, studio called? It's not Cryptarch. No, no, no. No, no, I, I don't. I don't Montreal. Yeah, there you go. Um, that they're also involved, which is which is pretty cool because they they again put together some pretty cool stuff. So this is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a very intriguing E three. Uh, even with Sony gone, there's going to be a lot of uh, developers out there putting some some projects that have kind of been on ice for a while. And it'll be good to see what they've come up with. I uh, I have a title that I am excited about that is going to apparently be announced at E three. Is it? do tell this yeah. this will be the first meaningful thing you've said in that. Uh, three, maybe four months. So I'm, I'm wrapped with attention right now. I've, um, I've literally put my phone down and I'm staring at the screen right now. Okay. <laughs> so um, apparently uh, Amazon UK uh, opened pre-orders for an unannounced Watch Dogs title. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, oops. so, uh, yeah, oops. Um, so given the proximity to E3, it sounds like there's going to be a, a, a new Watch Dogs title announced at E3. Um, it's called Watch Dogs Legion. Um, it is supposed to take place in a dystopian post-Brexit uh, London. So we are, we're, uh, you know, staying relevant with the politics here. Um, that's actually really funny. <laughs> what, like, what was the other, uh, what's the other franchise that's Ubisoft that keeps making very political, um statements like their next their next game is like a, a island tech company gone wrong that you're going on which that's ubisoft too isn't it that sounds like some far cry shit right there bro yeah yeah like i i i'm pretty sure that is the next far cry and then their previous one was like you know a, a far right cult thing um so yeah now now we've got a post post brexit london in um uh for watchdogs and um Honestly, London is a really good choice for for a Watch Dogs title because 
far beyond like far before like a lot of the conversation about the lack of privacy in the recent couple years the uk has basically been the model for we guarantee you're always on camera all the time um so yeah so i'm excited about this i actually still haven't finished Watch Dogs one much less played Watch Dogs two but in those in that list of games that i really 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 want to play um catching up on this franchise is very high. You know, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that <clears throat> Watch Dogs, which is a series about cybersecurity, would be your your top pick for E3. Well, it, it, it makes is, sense, I so, guess. No, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, it's basically, you know, fighting Google. And hey, and yeah, and, and the, first, the, the, the first game um, was, you know, a really neat connection because it was, um, you know, the first Watch Dogs was set in Chicago. So... You know, there's there's a lot of familiar territory there. That makes sense. All right. The only other thing that I had that's it's more of a rumor than an actual announcement, but supposedly R.R. Martin, who's the the Game of Thrones guy, as I understand it, is in collaboration with From Software on something. Uh, From Software is, of course, the people that make Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, all all, all the good games of suffering. Um, so just kind of a, a fun thing to muse about. Again, it's it's kind of an unconfirmed rumor, and we don't normally do that, but I, I thought it was kind of intriguing because, you know, I like from software, and everyone hates Game of Thrones now. So it, it could be it could be fun drama. We'll have to see how that turns out. So what you're telling me is I'm about to get a freaking Game of Thrones uh, video game that's gonna make me want to tear my fucking hair out as I'm trying to roll around and dodge. Uh, attacks from like dragons and stuff, right? Yeah, probably something like that. Sweet dude, now when's the next book coming out? <laughs> that's never gonna happen. No, so yeah, um, well, that's all I had, guys. Anything else you wanted to cover for uh, E3 or just in general topics? Mm, no, that's a, that's a pretty good rundown. I, I think we're gonna be hitting up E3 periodically as, as, it, as happens every year when these kind of things roll around, so. Uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's is it next week or week after? Now? It is next week, so we might even okay. want to delay the normal recording and maybe do it after after E3, just so we aren't you know rolling around and in, in <laughs> we will be recording like the day before, pretty much. So it'll be good. might be worth uh, it to to wait off well, until afterwards. Well, I tell you what. How about we do this? We could do our normal Monday, and then we kind of we basically make. Uh, chartable predictions we can come up with some predictions and then we kind of score ourselves uh you know at the at the show net at the the following show that's fair we could try that yeah all right sounds good oh and also robert pattinson is the new batman you guys oh, missed that yeah <laughs> did, did you just hear that no 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 i i, I knew i just i scrolled no, no, on facebook and saw just, it again just I, I saw news the, we I saw, didn't cover yeah I heard the hatred or the surprise and shock in Bates' voice. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm a bit. Uh, I'm not sure what to think about this. There are many days where I feel like Red uh, from that '70s show. This is one of these moments where my inner Red is coming out when I see that shit. I think my favorite response was um, someone posted it, and then underneath it, he goes, "It's the the worst vampire ever. It took him 11 years to turn into a bat." <laughs> Ooh. I, I mean, like. In fairness, like we we should all be able to accept that the Twilight franchise is absolutely terrible, but that doesn't does does that necessarily mean like I don't know? Has anybody here watched any other movies that he's in? 
Is he, I did, like, and it wasn't bad actually. Like, can he can he act outside of Twilight? Like when he's given like a real if, script. If you want, if you want him to play a pasty British person who's on heroin, yes. I mean, I guess he was Cedric in Harry Potter, and he died quickly. And he and died he quickly. Didn't do well in that one either. And he was it better. Did in not the book. work out well for him. <laughs> he's a better character in the book than an actor in the movie. But I, I mean, you start as a wizard, and then you. Turn into a hey, sparkly at, vampire. I mean, Batman's the clear progression from there. At least, you know, he'll stick out the end of the franchise. Like, unlike uh, somebody who played a fantastic Batman, but didn't even stick a, in long enough to, like, have his own movie. Uh, no, I, well, in, in all fairness, I like, which I, I I legitimately think Ben Affleck was one of the best Batman that I've seen. I agree. I've, I've I seen. agree. We just uh, didn't get a real the, Batman movie. Well, I don't, the thing is, like, I, don't, I actually, I don't. I don't know as much as I hate to say this and and defend Ben Affleck on most things. I don't know that I blame him based on the absolute fucking grease fire that they turned the DC movies into. Um, and, and he was he could he he was trying to put his own movies out like because he's he's actually a much more accomplished director and producer than he is an actor. I mean, he's certainly not a bad actor, but he's definitely much more on that and like his talent skills i think i would say objectively much more on that other end he's out there trying to promote other movies that he's making and and putting like his own time and effort and money into like the like his actual projects he can't get a word in edgewise on his own movies in his own press check-ins because everybody wants to talk to him about batman and and the problems that are going on with those movies so as much as i hate to say it like i i i I don't know a lot of guys that was, you know, have stuck around for that either. So what we're saying here is, is Jay's a big Ben Affleck fan. I no no, I am a fan of what he did when he was playing that role. Uh, now, one thing I have seen that may work with Robert Pattinson is, um, it, de- depending if they kept him in that same sort of universe, if he was like the Dick Grayson, if he was Dick Grayson taking over for Bruce Wayne. I would actually, I might be willing to buy that more. Uh, but if they do like some kind of like for the 15th time, uh, soft to slash medium hard reboot where they like flip back in the timeline, I think you're going to, I think that doesn't, you lose some opportunity there. I think if you have a, if there's a Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck retired, they could con him to coming back for just a hot minute to basically step down and pass the mantle off to Dick Grayson. Then you could put him into, you could have him in a movie with Jason Momoa. You could have him in a movie with Gal Gadot. You could have him in a movie with that little nerdly emo guy that they've got to play the Flash, who's not nearly as good as the Flash on TV. Uh, so they've they've got some options if they if they go that route. If they ever wanted to kind of bring him into anything else, um, but I think if they if they, I've heard rumors rumors about trying to use like Flashpoint as a way of like inserting alternate timeline people in i think that's a massive stretch i I think that'd be a horrible idea for them to go down but they're they're either going to do like said that that kind of you know kind of hard reboot of batman in the dcu uh which i think was honestly kind of a mistake i think they would be easy they would be better served um trying to fight their way out of where they made those dc movies because the last the last couple have been pretty good. You know, Wonder Woman was really good. Aquaman was really good. They were de- they were certainly fun. Let me put it that way. We, you can debate whether they're good or not. And I think there's there's a path that they can make. There's a lane 
that they could put. By the way, Shazam was really good. I mean, it was very enjoyable. Um, I think there's a lane that they could carve with a Batman, a legitimate Batman character that would be true to that world because we did show Batman at the very tail end of his career, kind of, um, particularly in that last movie. So just, I, I'm, I'm willing to give the guy a chance. Not a lot of people, a lot of people thought Heath Ledger could be a decent Joker. Not a lot of people thought uh, Michael Keaton could be a good Batman. I, I would argue that he might have been maybe the best Bruce Wayne. Um, so, so I think there, there's room in there for him, but I just don't. I'm just a little concerned about uh, what they're going to need to do to to make him to make him viable. They're certainly going to have to do a lot of steroids. <laughs> Hey, it's you can do everything with CGI now. You just, you know, remove mustache or whatever else you need to do. And that went poorly. And you're sitting here talking about Batman. I'm looking at a picture of this guy's stupid face. I'm getting more and more pissed off the longer it goes on. Just I, like, in in all in all honesty, though, I really could I really could buy off on him, like as a because uh, he's actually about the right age of Dick Grayson as Nightwing, like a very like established nightwing that takes over for that could take over for you know the brute you know the the batman role excuse me i, I think he could pass on sorry my audio is cutting out guys yeah i think i think you could certainly buy off on him taking over the batman role if he was a dick grayson type character that's uh that's definitely plausible and uh i mean the the thing is we really don't know like how much dc is still going to try to hold together this cohesive universe or if they're just going to say this didn't work um we're just going to start making you know one-offs or or whatever so or or soft rebooted or or what have you so they definitely could try to keep continuity and use a different character but who knows yet we certainly will see won't we it's going to be uh yeah <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting all right, so you guys ready for shout-outs then? Sure. Okay, so my shout-out goes to... So, guys, uh, a couple months ago, we had um, a guy by the name of Chase on here. He worked at a, at a game company with... Or at a, a company with uh, Nomex, um, which is basically... It's called Paradigm, and it was meant to be kind of like a, a training center for people to get into esports, to get into esports teams, and that sort of thing. Well, he has actually gotten a job now at St. Ambrose University as an esports coach there, um, which is really cool. I mean, it's, it's a really big opportunity for him, and so I want to give a cool shout-out to him. But he did mention in his post about this that if you want, they do have scholarships available for you know aspiring esports stars. So we'll get the information in the description for the podcast. If it's something you're interested in, um, they are offering that, and it's available immediately. So we'll get that information for you, but I want to give a shout out to him because I think that's really cool and uh, you know best of luck to him for for you know pursuing a dream I think that's really cool to see all right uh, Zell you're up um so I'm gonna give my shout out to uh, a, a organization that is not very popular today um, but uh, y- you know who I'm not fond of uh, we discussed it earlier in the show so my shout out is to the Department of Justice who is going to get off their rear about five and a half years too late and uh has opened it is is starting an investigation into uh, antitrust at, uh at google and actually they've made a whole big shuffled arrangement with the ftc and the doj where they've kind of divvied up the tech companies and <laughs> each one of them is going after a different set of them it's kind of it's kind of a hilarious but 
significant amount of news to drop this week. So um, that's exciting for me personally. So so that's my shout out. All right. Bate, you're up. Uh, so uh, that was not going where I thought it was going to go. So 10 out of 10 on the very Soraya Zell shout out. Uh, my shout out, though, is going to go to everybody on social media today who was um, uh, giving jokes and, and uh, whatnot to the air quality uh, today, which apparently if you opened up your uh, your little weather app on your iPhone or whatever, it said that it was, um, uh, what was the wording? Um, not good um, was was the gist of it. So everybody that was making all of your uh, all of your substance jokes and your vape jokes, you gave me a good laugh while I was at work. So thank you for that. Um, what else? Also, shout out to uh, uh, the alligator that climbed up into the woman's window in Clearwater today and raided her wine stash. Um, I think that was a couple of de- uh, days ago. That was really cool. Um, uh, if you live in Florida, guys, and it's getting that time of year, please close your fucking windows at night. Especially if you live near water that doesn't have a gate around it, because you should always assume that all water that is in this state uh, has alligators in it. So close your windows and don't be dumb. All right, Jay, you're up. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll give a, uh, a shout out to Ghost Recon Wildlands. I'm uh, like, that, that game's been around for a long time. Um, I really enjoy that. Hey, I'm going to skip the shout out mostly because my audio is cutting in and out. I'm sorry, guys. No worries. Uh, and Libby, you're up. My shout out goes to my awesome mom for taking the gremlin for a whole week. That's it. The gremlin is the, the kid part of the kid in the cactus. <laughs> a whole week. It's summertime, so it's that time that they, you know, go crazy or go to grandma's. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been quiet. Too quiet, but uh, yeah, good stuff. So I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning into the show, as always. If you want to be on the show or want us to cover any particular topics, uh, head over to biomass.com, give us a ring. But uh, with E3 around the corner next week, I'm pretty excited, so we'll have lots to talk about for the next couple episodes, and uh, we will see you then. So have a good week, and be safe out there.